Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Nathan Oley. He is the new president and CEO of the International Economic Development Council. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been here at the IEDC, the International Economic Development Council, for almost four months now. But previous to this, I led a national organization called the Rural Community Assistance Partnership, or RCAP. It's a national network of nonprofit partners working in rural and tribal communities across the United States on issues from as broad as economic development and entrepreneurship to access to safe drinking water and sanitary wastewater to disaster recovery. We work in every state and territory across the country, working with very small communities across the country. I've also spent time both at the federal and state level in economic development. I served at the U.S. Economic Development Administration, which is part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, as the senior advisor there focused on policy and external and affairs and outreach. And I also served the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for five years, working in the heart of the recession on a whole range of economic development issues and opportunities, running three different economic development boards for the state. So I grew up in Michigan. I spent most of my life in Michigan and moved out to the D.C. area when I had the opportunity to join EDA uh, and been here ever since. Fantastic. Well, at your video intro said that you had told your wife that if Jeff Finkel ever retired, you would love to have this job. So how did this, how did you end up doing this? Is that exactly what happened or, or what happened? I've known Jeff and I've known the IDC for quite a while back from my days in Michigan. And then obviously worked very closely with them when I was at EDA. And when I was at RCAP, I loved the work. I loved the mission. I loved people. I loved the things that I got to do in that position and the growth that we saw in the organization. And I was not in any way, shape, or form looking to leave the organization. But at one point in time, my wife had said, what would you consider leaving RCAP for? And in an offhand comment at the time, I had said, if Jeff Finkel ever retired and there was an opportunity to, to, to talk to the IEDC, that might be something because economic development has always been a part of my work. It's also been a passion of mine throughout my time in, in my career. And so IEDC to me holds a special place because it is not just the world's largest economic development membership organization, but it also has the opportunity really to quite frankly be a thought leader in so many different spaces. And it's an organization that has tremendous history and an opportunity in my mind to really continue to grow and really push the future of, of economic development, not just here in the United States, but internationally. And so it was one of those areas where I said, if something like that ever, had, that opportunity ever came up, that might be something that I would consider. So what'd she do? Pick up the phone and call Jeff and tell him to retire? <laughs> I didn't want to know if Jeff knows that Jeff was going to retire on his own terms. And so for me, I honestly had no, no idea that Jeff would even consider retiring anytime in the past five to 10 years. And the fact that he's left such a, a lasting legacy at the organization is a testament to who he is in the organization. And I got a call from the recruiter shortly after this process started saying, hey, would you in, be interested in having a conversation? And of course, you have to have that conversation. It's such 
uh, an important organization and the opportunity is, is so great. That's fantastic. So you came on at a very interesting time. I think that with the pandemic and everything that, that has happened over the last two years, it, you came on at this new moment in history. It, would you describe it that way? And how do you see your role and the IEVC sort of taking the lead and being the thought leader going forward from here? I do see it that way. It's interesting. I look back at my career. I started in economic development in Michigan. And just as many people in this industry did, I stumbled into it. And I started in 2007. So right as Michigan was starting to hit the recession. And in many ways, that opportunity was both, you know, the worst and best time to be at economic development. The worst self-explanatory because the state was hemorrhaging jobs, the supply chain in, in Michigan and certainly the OEMs were just in really dire straits. But it was also a great opportunity because you had to think differently. You had to think innovatively about how how you help communities of all sizes and with different assets and different opportunities in those communities. I think in many ways, the past two and a half years have really reset the opportunity for economic development, but they've also opened, opened people's eyes to the inequities that have existed historically. And so I think there's a real opportunity for us to learn, not just from the last two and a half years, but quite frankly, from the last two to four decades and figure out how do we make sure that we are driving more equitable economic outcomes for communities of all sizes, within communities, between communities, among communities, and to think about what is the future of economic development? How do we set communities up to be successful in whatever way they want to be successful? And how do we provide the resources and tools so that the leaders in those communities, those economic development leaders, understand how they can continue to make an impact, how they can convene conversations and push forward the initiatives that, that they want to locally and regionally, and how do we make sure that we are not just serving those that are currently in the industry, but also thinking about how do we bring the next wave of leaders into the industry as well? Sure. Excellent. So thinking about equitable economic development, how does the practitioner on the ground in their small community by themselves how do they get started? I know they want to do something and they know they need to do something, but how do they even begin? What's that process look like? So it's probably going to be a little bit different in every community, but first of all, it starts with just the recognition that it's a priority for the community or that region. We've got resources that we've put out there. We put a playbook out back in January that helped communities and leaders start to understand what are the various roles that, that we play in these conversations and how do we drive more equitable outcomes as a result of that? But it's also about connecting with other leaders in your community or region. You can't do it alone. No one can do this alone. And so it's about convening conversations. It's about showing up in other people's conversations. It's about being very intentional about your approaches and not just utilizing resources that are available, but also connecting with others that are doing it. So for example, we put the playbook out in January and we're following up now with some technical assistance in 10 different communities across the country. And those communities are not just learning as a part of this process, but they're also learning from one another. That peer-to-peer -peer connection is really important so that they can learn not just what is going well in other communities, but what missteps communities have had or where they've struggled so that they can learn from that and make sure that they've got that planned into their own process. What I will say is there's lots of resources out there. There's lots of people that are willing to have conversations and, and help you learn from what they've done, but it, it really needs to start locally. It needs to start with conversations with a wider group of folks than maybe we've typically been at the table with in the past. And we need to be very intentional and 
be willing to recognize where there have been inequities in the past, not just kind of paper over those inequities and understand how do we help build opportunities for everyone within our community and region. Gotcha. So what, and the IEDC put out the playbook, how else do they pivot? Because it does sound like there's a pivot taking place at the IEDC in a sense of wanting to be more of a thought leader, wanting to drive more conversations, wanting to push it, the organization in this direction. So what else is going to be happening? What else is the IEDC doing to move in this direction? I mentioned the, the technical assistance that we're doing with 10 communities. That's just the start of, of this process alongside the playbook. I think the intention is to listen and learn from what we've already seen over the past three months and certainly the last two and a half years. I think it's also about engaging other folks on the ground to find out what it is they want. What tools and resources do they need as they start to think about this? So there's a thought leadership piece to this of, of why this is important and helping people understand why it's important and how they can get engaged. But then there's also a listening piece of this, of understanding what is the what are the true needs in communities and regions to help actually implement these processes, policies, and certainly the approaches that, that come alongside it to implement. And then where we can bring additional resources to bear, whether that is additional technical assistance or additional projects that are going to provide tools and resources like the playbook that might dive deeper into specific issues and, and opportunities that communities community see whether it's helping to raise awareness of capital opportunities for communities to, to take advantage of these approaches and get additional support and capacity in those communities. I think there's lots of ways to do it. And quite frankly, there's policy pieces to this as well. How do we make sure that programs and policies that are being drafted, not just at the federal level, but in some cases at the state level, provide more opportunity, provide more funding to support these types of approaches in the long term? So in a sense, you're doing on a national level, what you're encouraging the, the economic developers on the local level to do. You're going and you're listening and you're talking to people and you're convening. So is there a group that the IEDC has historically not really engaged with that since you've come on, you have you know, really made an effort to reach out to and listen to? So for me, my first hundred days on the job has really been all about listening. Uh, it's about sure. engaging not just with my team and the IDC board, but members, and quite frankly, folks that are not members, because I think it's always important to make sure that you get the voice of people that maybe aren't engaged with you on a day-to-day -day basis to understand what might they need or what opportunities might exist and how can we help move those opportunities forward. I'm a big believer in collaboration. I think you've got to build relationships and partnerships that are going to help not just your members and the communities they serve, but quite frankly, the larger community that exists, not just here in the United States, but internationally. And think about what role can we play in building our own priorities, but maybe even more importantly, what role can we play in moving other people's priorities forward, other organizations' priorities forward that, that benefit the communities that we want to serve. In the end, to me, it's about the communities and certainly the leaders in those communities that we're a part of and helping with the professional development side of things are critical to moving those communities forward. You sound like exactly the right person for this job. It is economic development. It's all about uh, collaboration and, and who knowing people are out there that have had similar problems or similar challenges and they've overcome them or they've failed and learning from those mistakes and those failures. Um, you sound like the right guy. So I think the IEDC board did a great job in picking you. I think that's good. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a really fantastic first 100 days starting to learn the organization, learn the people. There's still a lot more learning that I have to do and a lot more people to meet as you just, as you just talked about, 
But every conversation I walk away from more excited about the work that we're doing, the mission uh, orientation and the service aspect to, to this work. And it's just, it's fun to be a part of the, the team. It is, I'm sure. So how big is the IEDC? How many members do you have? So we've got just under 5,000 members in total. A component of that are international. Many of them are here in the United States and then obviously throughout Canada and, and Mexico. We've got a, a good component of folks that are really deeply engaged. And then we've got another component of folks that we need to, to engage more deeply with. And part of my goal is to understand how are we currently serving members and how can we can continue to serve them better so that we both engage and provide the resources that members need. But we also start to think about, okay, what are the things that we're missing that, that maybe could improve our services? What might bring additional attention and additional members into the organization? But in the end, what is it that serves best both the professionals that are doing this work on the ground and the communities they serve? Absolutely. Um, so what, those members who aren't as engaged as, as maybe the other members, what, what aspect of the IEDC would you like to tell them that would maybe get them more involved or get them to take more advantage of their membership? What is it that, that the IEDC offers? So we offer a lot of things, but I think the, the crux of the work that we do is focused on professional development opportunities, both for individuals and for organizations in the economic development sector. It's about providing resources and tools. Probably more importantly, and you mentioned this earlier, is the connections to other people. That peer-to-peer -peer interaction is where I think most of, of the work happens and most of the benefit to members happens. Whether that's at a conference, whether it's participating in a webinar, whether it's facilitating other conversations as people are identifying issues that they're trying to confront, that's where I see both the, the biggest opportunity for folks to engage more deeply and also the benefit to it, but also to think about utilizing our membership and the focus areas that they have to identify from a thought leadership standpoint, from a policy standpoint, from a research standpoint, what are the areas they're interested in? What are they, what do they not have the, the resources they think they need to be able to achieve whatever goals they have locally? And it's also about raising the voice of our members. It's both about what is economic development and, and shining a light on that, but also spotlighting individuals and organizations that are doing tremendous work so that they can be recognized for that work, but they can also then be connected to others who are looking to emulate the network or learn from what they're doing. And so there's a lot of ways we as an organization can help facilitate conversations to put that spotlight on individuals and organizations that are doing great work to connect people, whether it's through our conferences or other venues, and also to really push the envelope on thought leadership and, and policy work and research that are going to benefit not just our members and their communities, but the industry itself. Interesting. So the IEDC is the largest economic development organization in the world. So I do the other, do other countries have economic development organizations and do they look to the IEDC for leadership and guidance? Is they, are they a couple of years behind or is everyone about at the same level and they're all moving forward? How does that work? So there are absolutely other membership organizations across the world. Some of them are continent-based. Some of them are country-based. Some of them are even smaller regionally based. We partner with a number of them, whether it's in Canada or in Mexico. Next week, I'm traveling to Europe to speak at, at URADA, which is a, a membership organization for a lot of the European Union. There's folks in Australia and New Zealand. There's folks in India and Asia. So there's a lot of organizations doing really tremendous work. What we end up doing many times is partnering with those organizations, utilizing our certification program and courses, which are probably the most world-renowned of any organization across the world, to help them 
figure out how can they utilize those resources, those courses, and tailor them to the needs of their countries or, or, or their regions. What we know is equity comes in many different forms and equity is going to look and feel differently, for example, in different continents and different countries. But the tools and resources of economic development can be tailored to those needs. And so the goal there is how do we help other countries, other organizations think through we have, but quite frankly, for us also, what can we learn from them? What are they doing uh, on workforce development or what are they doing on entrepreneurship that we can take and, and try and provide additional resources to our members as well? And so again, it comes back to that word collaboration. It is working collaboratively with those other organizations to share resources where we can to learn from one another and to find ways that, that allow everyone to tailor those needs and those resources to, to what they see happening in their own countries. It all goes back to going out, meeting people, listening to people, meeting them where they are. Yeah, all of that. Hey, that's fabulous. What are the next upcoming IEDC events that you know our listeners need to know about? I know that the annual conference is, in, is coming up. Um, I don't remember when it is, but I know I uh, booked my hotel for it already. <laughs> so actually in two weeks is our next conference. We've got our Economic Future Forum, which is going to be in Richardson, Texas. Really excited to be my first opportunity to be in person. Uh, with members. And so I'm really excited about that event and that opportunity. Richardson is a great community and a great host. Uh, so I'm looking forward to being down there in two weeks. And then in September is the annual conference. So we will be down in Oklahoma City for our annual conference. That will be the week of the 18th through the 21st of September. So looking forward to hopefully seeing many of your listeners at Oklahoma City. It'll be a great opportunity. There's usually around 1,500 folks that come down. It's a great opportunity to learn from not just Obviously, the, the conference sessions, but, but the networking opportunities are tremendous down there. And so hope that we see as many people as possible. I'll be down there, obviously, and looking forward to, to seeing people in person. Absolutely. Yeah, conferences are about, they're about meeting people, right? They're not about, you do learn a lot in the sessions, and the sessions are great, and, but you can, do that at, you can do that at home. You can listen, you can watch those videos later. It's about meeting people, making connections, and because it's so much easier to meet people and start connections in person and then continue them online than it is to do it the other way around. So looking forward to that. Anyway, so I will Absolutely. see you there. And I really appreciate having you on the show today. I hope that our listeners got a brief insight into you and the direction that you think the IEDC is headed. And best of luck to you. And if we can ever, if we can ever be of assistance, you let us know. Thank you for, for the opportunity. I, I love these conversations. I'm happy to come back on anytime, anytime you Absolutely. need me or think that I can be helpful in any way, shape, or form. And thank you to, to everyone listening out there for the work that they're doing locally. And looking forward to getting a chance to meet many of you in person, hopefully both in Richardson in a couple of weeks and then in Oklahoma City in September. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.